Please sit comfortably. Good evening, everyone. Um, this will be the uh, last talk I'll be giving this year. Next year we'll have a, a potluck dinner and then we'll be coming back mid-January. So I thought I'd end on a lighter note by reading you a, a short story that I wrote recently. There's a bit of background to it. Um, the title of it is um, The Parting Glass. And in my emails a couple of weeks ago, I got an invitation from um, the Northern Beaches Writers Group. They're doing, they have a competition, a short story competition. And I was still on their mailing list, having put in, in a presentation about a year ago. And um, the theme was glass. Like anything to do with glass could be fiction, non-fiction, poetry, whatever. And I wasn't interested in it. I was not interested in and then I thought, well, if I was interested in it, um, what could I write about in relation to glass? And it so happened that, um, uh, as I mentioned um, last week, um, we had a, a Christmas uh, concert for our um, Irish music group, which um, Catherine performed so beautifully in, and Diana, and um, Barbara and Deborah and Rahul came along. And, uh, and so at the end of it, we recited The Parting Glass, which is an old um, Scotty song. Um, so out of that came the short story. But with all the short stories I write, I don't actually do them with the intention of doing this, but something unconsciously is working away, that they end up having a Zen theme, Buddhist theme to it. And the theme of this story is pride. And a um, little bit of background, um, you may have heard me talk or you've read before about the, um, the, the, the six paths that we wander through, which is in Haku and Zenji's Song of Zazen. They're all the different realms in the wheel of um, life and death. So there's the heaven realm and the fighting demons and the animal realm and the hungry ghost realm and the hell realm and the human realm. And we cite their states of mind, really, and we cycle through those states of mind or we live a lifestyle, you know, where our, our view of the world is limited by that realm that we're in. So um, you could say that this story is about the, those who are trapped in the heaven realm and the people who are trapped in the heaven realm um, often are very, very proud. They think they got there by their own and devices when they just fell accidentally into there or whatever, they were born into it or whatever. And they have a sense of entitlement. But then life circumstances come along and they fall out of heaven. Um, but where Buddhism is different to other religions, you don't fall out of heaven because of your sin of pride and then go to hell and be punished. That's not the, the point of Dharma practice and the, the wheel of birth and death. It's just that it gives you you fall out of that realm and you get other opportunities in life to wake up and to wake up to your true nature. So that's what this story is about. Of all the money that e'er I had, I spent it in good company. And all the harm that e'er I done, alas it was to none but me. And all I've done through want of wit by memory now I can't recall. So bring to me the parting glass. Good night and joy be with you all. This is an old Gaelic song. 
I am this glass, and this is my story. It may sound immodest for me to begin with, but I'm still a very elegant glass. I'm made of pure crystal, a Waterford crystal, the first of my kind, made in 1789 in the city of Waterford, Ireland, after which I am named. I was bought by the Earl of Enniskillen in the same year that I was made, and I served the family well for over 50 years at their family estate in County Fermanagh. The dinners I attended and served at were of the most exquisite kind, with guests of the highest standing. Freshly minted Irish lords and ladies, and the occasional Prime Minister of England. I remember my slender stem being embraced once in the fingers of William Pitt the Younger, and I can still recall the touch of his lips as he drank from my rim a dram of the finest Irish whisky. Yes, it is true, for most of my life I would live in ignominy, in the dark corner of a cupboard, for what seemed like an eternity, until eventually I was brought out to sparkle in the full light of day, given a white with a clean white cloth, a good crisp clink with the flick of the fingers to validate my pedigree, and placed alongside the finest of silverware. Then I would glisten in the candlelight, filled to the brim with mellow red wines, sparkling champagnes, and the smoothest of liqueurs. This was my life, a faithful vessel that would transport the most intoxicating of beverages from the mouth of the bottle to the lips of the rich and famous, who in turn swirled the magical flavours around on their aristocratic tongues, transporting them to a momentary heaven. But the highest privilege amongst the glassware at these prestigious events was to be the stirrup glass, the final glass that was offered to a guest before they set off on their horse or carriage to fortify them on their journey. On such occasions, the whole assembly of hosts and guests would heartily join in singing this old wistful tune. So many times was I that parting glass. Then I suddenly fell from this heavenly abode. I remember the robbery well. It was a snowy winter's night. The fireplace had long been doused. The stone walls of the mansion were bereft of any warmth, and the few drops of moisture inside of me had turned into sharp, icy shards. I was unceremoniously pulled from the cupboard and stacked in a crate alongside an assortment of common ceramic plates and bowls. We then jostled alongside one another for what seemed like an eternity down an old brick road and I feared for my life that I was going to shatter at any moment. Somehow I survived this traumatic and insulting journey. I remember being taken out of storage and handled roughly by calloused workmen's hands. The humiliations as loud, aggressive voices haggled over my financial worth and then the long transportation for the term of my natural life. I was packed into the hold of a large wooden vessel and tossed upon stormy seas. Outside the wind roared all day and the sailors sang their bawdy drunken shanties night after endless night. 
Thank goodness they didn't get their grubby hands on my pure crystal stem. I could have easily fallen overboard as they stumbled along the slippery decks, accidentally slipping out of their greasy fingers and sinking to the bottom of the sea. There I would have remained forever, a priceless sunken treasure, spending my days half buried in the sand, an object of dumb curiosity destined to entertain a few goggle-eyed fish. We arrived in the Antipodes about six months later. I ended up in a godforsaken place called The Rocks at Sydney Cove, a right den of iniquity crawling with thieves and prostitutes. I remember the day when I was first taken out of the wooden crate and placed on a shelf in a pub. How I mourned for my former life and how far I had fallen. No longer was I filled with the finest wines and spirits. Instead, I was just a vessel for cheap gin, or at worst, a mere water tumbler. The indignity was almost too much to bear, and the company I had to serve, these ill-educated colonials, with their raucous laughter, the swearing, the nasal accents, that was such a poor imitation of the King's English. Here I suffered day in and day out for many a year. What had I done to deserve such a fate at this fag end of the world? Is this all I had become? A butt of Irish convict jokes, the Waterford crystal on the rocks, as some jumped up croppy boy from the sons of Dublin once guffawed. Time heals all wounds, they say, but how can you mend a broken glass? Yes, I was still in one piece with a few chips and flaws here and there, but you know what I mean, even a glass has a heart. Then one evening, at the end of a cold winter's day, when all the weary tradesmen were packing up their gear and going home after a few beers, I heard it once again, that old familiar tune. At first it was coming softly from the corner beside the fire. It was sung by an old man in a flat cap hat and a fiddle by his side. He had drunk a few too many pints and the tune came out a bit awry. Then another man stopped and began to join him and before long the whole pub was filled with that old familiar song, The Parting Glass. I overheard the publican whisper to the barman, Old Paddy lost his wife last week. Jimmy, get down that grand old Waterford crystal from the shelf and fill it with our finest whiskey. It's the least we can do. The barman filled me to the brim and ceremoniously held me in both hands, like a priest on his way to communion. He slowly walked through the, thong of, the throng of singers, gently placed me on the table in front of Paddy and did a deep bow. The old man looked up with tears in his eyes. It was the proudest moment of my life. Thank you. Mm -hmm.